RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, RPGLLPodcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at RPGLessonsLearned.com. Hi, welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. Hey, Brian. Hey, Dusty. How's it going? Can't complain. And we've got Mike uh, remotely. Hello. It, it'll be a miracle if this episode works. Yeah, we have a lot of audio stuff. We're, we're doing something different for the first time. We're, we're having, instead of, we've either all been here or we've all been remote. Now one of us are remote. And I had a major technical issue pop up, like literally between calling Mike the first time and calling Mike the second Was time. Was it just the cable going out? I don't know. I'm going to have to pull all of this stuff out and figure out why it's not working. But what fixed it? Was you replacing an XLR cable? It was, but I had to, uh, I have a really nice, my dream uh, mic preamp that I've wanted for like 12 years. I finally got it like two or three months ago, but I'm not running the microphone through that now. So it's literally just microphone mixer recording. Isn't it heartbreaking when you buy something you've wanted for forever and then you get it and you're like, eh. No, I love it. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. I love it. It's, it's just It's just not working right now for some crazy reason. I don't know why. It and, probably got unplugged. And Mike, you are remote because you were feeling under the weather. Yes, I am. I'm recovering from illness, so I've still got the congestion going on. So I'm going to be employing the mute button for sniffles and coughs and all that good stuff. Good man. Yeah, awesome. And the good thing is you're on the other end, so I can just easily remove anything that you say if I want to. That that works for me. That's actually probably better for the episode. I can do that anyway, but. Yeah, so it, it, insert hot mic joke here. But yep. anyway, all right. In all seriousness, today we're talking about Savage Worlds, East Texas University. We had a great session just a couple of days ago, and uh, and we're here to to recap that. So last time we discussed how you guys had been taken into custody by <laughs> that awful game. Yes, by yes. the Pine Box, Texas cops because of the poor decision you made to to not kill a lady. Basically, I don't know, reluctant to put it that way, but sure. Uh, a murder, you're, you're, murderer, irrespective of gender or sex. Yeah, your real sin was yes, was yes. to to fail to commit to a plan, to leave a witness alive. Yes. I'm not saying murder was the right thing. I'm saying you started off with a plan to murder her, and then you didn't follow through. You changed your plan midstream. Maybe starting off with a different plan would have been even an even better move. That that would have been the wisest course. Yes, but the particular sin you committed was starting off with a plan and then abandoning it halfway through and kind of making it up as you go along. So, lesson for the kids at home. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, we opened this game in uh, in the jail cell. But before we uh, go into the, the game itself, let's talk audio. So, also last time, you know, we had a great experience with Discord, followed by a really rough experience with Discord. Because Discord was great for all of us that were using, like, PCs with wired Laptops, internet yeah. connections. Um you know, pretty powerful machines. We all had a great experience, but Chris has been, you know, dialing in with uh, with a mobile device. I keep saying his phone, Mike, but is it actually his iPad? It's it's actually. Uh, I think he started using his his iPhone, which he does have the latest generation iPhone. Um, but he might have been switching back and forth between his phone and his iPad. Regardless, he's been on you know, on, on an iOS device, and and not on a PC. So last. The, the, the last session we, we talked about, basically, Chris was the center. He was the focus of the game, and he sounded awful because Discord is such a resource hog 
It sounds great. It looks great. It works great. So many settings. It's got push to talk. We loved it, but it's such a resource hog. It just didn't work well for Chris. And Chris, as Brian pointed out last time, has an amazing internet connection. The issue was not his internet. He's got Google Fiber. The issue was the device itself because of, of how many resources Discord needs. Fair, Mike? Yeah. So this time we use Google Hangouts. What did you guys think about Hangouts? I was I so I was a little bit uh um discombobulated that day. One, it was my birthday. Two, we just got the kids. And uh I honestly had completely forgotten that we were playing because I left work early, it was on the work calendar, had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I realized as I was going to pick up dinner and I was like, Oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Then I texted you guys, oh no, I'm on the way. So I got home, looked for you guys on Discord, looked for you guys on Skype. I pinged Dusty, and Dusty's like, we're on Google Hangouts. And I got on, and I've used Google Hangouts quite a bit. So I wasn't really surprised one way or the other. Um, I think Google Hangouts sounds fine. I don't think it sounds as good as Discord, but it sounds better than Skype. Um, I don't think it's a great podcasting platform, but I think it's perfectly serviceable for, for the game. For gaming. Yeah. Mike? I I would agree with that. I uh, I also use Hangouts a lot. That's primarily how how uh, I keep in touch with my wife during the day. Um, but this is really my first time using the the video conferencing. So I'll say I was a little impressed with the the level of video conferencing. It was definitely a higher quality as Skype, uh, higher quality than Skype, not as quality as Discord. But yeah, it was definitely good enough for doing a gaming session. There was no disconnects. There was no digital tearing and obvious digital lag like you see with Skype. Um, didn't really have any audio issues. Didn't have any picture issues. So it, it was very solid program. Yeah, so Hangouts just runs in the browser, or I, I ran it in the browser. So it, it's very minimal. Yeah, it sounded fine. Agree, not as good as Discord, but if, you know, you're gaming. It, it's great for gaming. It actually it worked great for Chris. Yeah. So... It being a fairly minimal app, the settings are very minimal. But Chris was able to, right at the start of the game, adjust down his uh, his yeah, bandwidth. His bandwidth usage. Yeah, yeah. He adjusted his bandwidth down, and it sounded it, it sounded great. He sounded great. His video never blinked or glitched the entire time. So Chris was was able to participate more. So that was great. Um, the only other thing with Hangouts I want to discuss is the dice rolling. Yeah. So Hangouts has dice rolling. Yay. But you can't use it from inside the video chat, and it's like, what the, you know, what, 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 what yeah, on earth? I, I really do think that kind of goes back to some of Google's bad habits of just, you know, shoehorning three or four different applications into a single new application without actually doing any unification or thought into what goes where. I really do think their 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 primary chat layout is a separate and completely different chat layout than the chat layout you get inside the video application. Um, so I, I think that's directly where that comes from. I have a gigantic screen. I it didn't bother me at all. I had yeah. I had the video over here, the chat on the other side. It's not a not a not a problem. But I will say this: going back to what Mike said, Google Wave was the bomb, yo. Yeah, I miss Google. That Wave. was that awesome. Was that was app. awesome. That was an awesome collaboration tool that everybody tried to use, not realizing it wasn't meant for them, and it bombed. That's like a it's like a great two weeks. Yeah, it was an awesome two weeks, like in twenty ten. <laughs> so, and what they're alluding to, if you're listening at home specifically, just so you know, is if you use Google Hangouts for dice rolling, you can totally dice roll 
back in your normal hangout window, not in the video chat. In the chat inside your video chat, the slash roll command just doesn't work. So Brian's right, I, I was split screen. Half my screen was the video chat hangouts and half my screen was just hangouts hangouts so that I could use the roll command in hangouts hangouts. Yep. And um, I thought it was actually really clever that Chris overcame that by using one device for his video chat and another device for his his hangout so even he was able to dice roll by doing the regular chat on a separate uh separate device than what he was using for video chat i also wasn't impacted like it by brian i have two monitors so i was dual screening yeah, for me it's just the coordinations like, like figuring that out spending the time to figure out wait the roll command doesn't work oh wait no it does work oh it only works over here like it's just why not but, implement the same commands in all places? But you know what? That To me, that's a minor complete in general compared to some of the things we've done in the past because it works yeah. so well. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. I, like, I, I am like compared finding to something negative to say. The exploding uh, aspect of it, the fact that you just yes. added an exclamation mark, it is beautiful. Well, it's just like Roll20. Yeah. Well, I don't want to use Roll20. Fair yeah, but it's not Roll20. It's Hangouts. And, you know, I mean, like Skype, I don't even think Skype had like a roll option. A Discord, I don't even think had a roll option. And if it did... I don't think it had exploding. So uh, with Discord, you have to add a macro to it. I believe is what I understand. Uh, see, see, see. That's that's funny because Hangouts, the non-gamer focused platform, has built-in dice rolling. Where Discord, the platform built for and by gamers, does not have. That's funny. Dice rolling. There's something about that. There, there's something about that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the session itself. So we did the numeric ratings on Hangouts. So I've got them here in front of me. Brian, you rated the session a 7.5. Yeah. You said uh, great role play, great, great role play. Yeah, the role play was great. The game was just sort of inconsistent and all over the place, though, otherwise. It was all over the place. Uh, we, we're calling this episode Jazz Hands, by the way, because it was like kind of a jazz jam session. There there was no... We had good harmony, and we had a great time, and it was a fun jam session, but what resulted was not really a song. It was just a jam. Mike, you actually rated the game a 9, and your comment in, in the Hangouts chat was... Great RP, great luck to resolve a huge dilemma. Talk about that. So I, I straight up gave it a nine just because I had the worst expectations for this game, and those expectations were completely blown out of the water. Um, so I fully went into this thinking that this was going to be the end of our campaign, right? That that something terrible was going to happen. We were going to end up in jail, and everybody be like, well, we don't really like this anyway, so let's just go ahead and end uh, Texas um and it didn't it didn't happen it, it was totally the opposite of what i expected so i think that 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 luck is what caused it to turn into such a great game and such a a a different direction than i thought i was gonna go is it the luck or is it is it the really good ideas um i think it was well a little bit of both there are some really good ideas and then i think we did get really lucky in pulling out those ideas um brian made some really good roles and had some really good ideas all at the same time. So Nathan and Chris both rated the game a seven. So solid, solid session from from their point of view. Let's just jump right into what happened. So Mike, uh, t talk about what actually did happen during the game. What did you guys manage to pull off? Um, basically, I, just to kind of sum it up, we were able to convince the sheriff that we were we were wrongly accused and we were wrongly arrested despite having a mountain of evidence against us. See, I think Brian, number one, Brian, you role-played it phenomenally. So so I yeah, let I everyone, did. I said, okay, you've been in jail over the weekend. 
Um, the, the cops have been pulling this crap on you like, oh, no, our phone lines are down. You can't make your call. Oh, the judges, you know, he can't see you to arraign you out on bail because it's the weekend. And yep. basically, you guys spent all weekend in jail. And coming back, you know, it's, it's now Monday morning, and, and the, the wheels of bureaucracy are turning once again, and now you get a chance to talk to people. And I gave you all the opportunity to go get interrogated if you, if you wanted to cooperate and have things to say. And so I think everyone did it except for Chris. So Nathan, it, he, he had some good ideas, but then he, he, he missed some roles. Brian, you had some phenomenal ideas. Your role play was top notch. Absolutely. I thought, actually, I thought it was a little sloppy. You had two back to, well, it was clever, though. And I'm listening yep. to it, and I'm like, you know, that's believable. The, the sheriff would listen to that. He would be moved by that. And then I was like, okay, roll. And on two separate rolls back to back, you got uh, success with a race. So... I definitely had you kind of wake the sheriff up a little bit and have him look into the video evidence from the prior issue. And then later on looking for actual physical evidence in the foundation of the dorm where the body was buried. So two back to back, awesome roles, really great role play. Talk about your role play. So basically it was plan B. Uh, so I guess plan A was just hit him up with the facts you know, this woman murdered these people, trying to appeal to his sense of decency and um, uh, the law. He, you know, he he didn't so much uh, care about uh, the fact that uh, a ghost was involved because that's part of their mo, right? They don't care about. Uh, They're aware of the supernatural, they and they just, actively just nope yeah. out of it. Yeah, so we basically told him, "Hey, this ghost came to us, and uh, this ghost had told us about the murder. She was murdered." Uh, yada, yada, yada. He didn't want to hear it. So, and I thought, well, plan B was I'll just, uh, if he doesn't, if he doesn't want to believe that a ghost told me, uh, he'll almost certainly believe that Jesus told me. You know, ghosts aren't real, but the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy go the Holy Ghost is real. So, uh, yeah. So I had been toying around with the idea of doing a podcast or a radio show for years. So I, my first job is in radio. And I say that, and it sounds awesome until I tell you what I did. I worked Sundays at a uh, evangelical Bible Belt Christian radio station, AM station, AM station. So where half the day I played music, I played radio programs by any person or any church that has fifty bucks to spend. I've heard I heard the dregs of religious views from basically the the most fundamental of Bible believing Southern Baptist Independent Holy Ghost worshiping Baptist churches. I, I've kind of carried that with me for years because I did that job for like 16 years. You're able to impersonate a Southern Baptist sermon at the drop of a hat with no prompting. For whatsoever. the most, part, I, I've gotten better at it. I, I used to it's be a little, scary. It used to be not. I, I, I've gotten better at it recently because I actually started recording it. I recorded one radio broadcast that I wanted to actually air, where it's it's kind of like a parody. It's kind of like, well, I have this political idea and it's not popular in a given area. So if I just frame it up as a you know, a, a religious message. Maybe I can get people to believe in it. So I, I, I just actually recently recorded that. I'm not going to go anywhere with it, but it was sort of top of mind. So I basically just started rolling off, you know, um, uh, basically religious uh, platitudes, uh, just just the, the, the normal uh, cliches that you would say that Empty phrases that people just when when somebody when some so basically in a church you ask somebody to say prayer oftentimes 
they'll just repeat the things they've heard over and over for their entire life. They don't really know what it means, but it, it sounds it sounds good. So that's basically what I did with the with the uh, sheriff. I just sort of tried to frame it up a little bit, like, hey, God wants this girl to get justice. You know, I you could be that good shepherd, or I could be that good shepherd that would help her. Uh, you know, you know her her spirit at at, at peace and. You know, yada yada yada, and he bought it. So, well, you also laid some evidence in, though. You also was it you or was it Mike that said, "No, go back and watch this movie." I, yeah, I said, "Go back, yeah, and, go back, go brain. back, go back and watch the movie." Um, I mean, so who was it? in the last game? We got somebody else to look at it. Who? The, oh no, it was us. Uh, we actually even had to roll to see whether or not we were uh, sickened by, sickened by, by, by the, the video. Scene, yeah. So, I mean, it yep. was it was it was impressive. It was very obvious. So. Uh, I mean, I figured that they would have the same response, and the uh, and they did, and the, and they did, especially uh, the detective. Uh, he watched it, and it really stood out to him. Like, well, this looks real, so they said, "Hey, well, let, let's go and at least maybe through sonar or something, see if we can detect whether or not there's uh, something in there." So they found it. Yeah, and that's so all that great role play, where you framed up your argument well, you framed up your argument in language that I thought would be listened to. And you framed up good points inside that argument. So to me, that was a really robust argument. And when I said make your roll, I was already planning to give you like a free re-roll if you because it, because it, it was so good in fifth edition terms. You you needed advantage on that roll, and and then success of the raise on hey watch the video, and then after the video, hey success of the raise on go look for the body where we're telling you. And basically, you guys got. You, you were able to get out of jail. You were able to get off where the sheriff let you go by saying, hey, what do we have him in here for? Oh, no, we don't. We have him in here for misdemeanor trespass. Yeah, in, in a way, I, I kind of hope that at least with the sheriff, we might have actually raised our uh, standing with him. Somewhat. Yes, I, I yeah. think you have more characters you can go interact with yeah. now. Let's talk about Troop 616. So that, that girl's, oh, I should say this too. Um, I'm going to stop calling them the Girl Scouts. They they are now the Wilderness Girls after that Shelley Long movie, uh, Troop Beverly Hills. Oh, my God. I actually, <laughs> my mom loved that movie. So growing up when I was like five, six, seven, you know, it would play on whatever free preview we were getting and, and we would watch Troop Beverly Hills. So I kind of have this huge soft spot for it. But the Girl Scouts and Troop Beverly Hills were actually the Wilderness Girls. And then the Wilderness Girls were, of course, reused by National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon a few years later. So I think Wilderness Girls is the Hollywood go-to to stand in for the Girl Scouts. So they yeah. are no longer Troop 616 of the Girl Scouts. They are now Troop 616 of the Wilderness Girls because I looked it up, and it turns out Troop 616 of the Girl Scouts actually exists, and it exists not 30 minutes from my hometown. Whoops. Yeah, I had no idea. But they so, don't know it's the Mark of the Beast. No, well, they don't know that there's an argument that it could be maybe the original Mark of the Beast in the older manuscripts, but whatever. Um, so Troop 616 is now the Wilderness Girls. Let's talk about them. The way I had planned for you to get out of jail, the hook that I was going to give you, I had planned for you to basically fail these roles with the sheriff because he had this ironclad evidence that you guys had videoed, your video this time, of you bursting into her house and holding her at gunpoint. And uh, and now you guys nail that role. You get out. But, but the, the plot hook I was planning on letting you get out of jail with was, was Troop 616 of the Wilderness Girls showing up to ask for your help. They're aware of you. They're aware that you dealt with the zombies in the trailer park. They're aware that you dealt with the ghosts in the gym. They're aware of these things that you've done to fight off the supernatural. 
and and I was going to have them basically engage you and ask you for help, and they were going to help you get out of jail. That's what I was going to go for. That's what the session was going to be. And then you guys mucked it up by by getting free yourselves. And Brian, that's what you're alluding to when you say we were all over the place. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's one of those things. That we also decided to. Um, in the game, because we were approaching eight o'clock, partly because I was late, but Chris, Chris was too. It seems like, um, so wasn't alone. We didn't get a lot in, but what we got in was good and impactful. So, um, yeah, I was, was, yeah, Yeah. I was more, I was more than fine with it. Uh, we, I, did we, we agreed, I thought to just go ahead and help the troop six, one, six out. We kind of wound up there. Yeah. But I I think you, cause when you guys freed yourself, I was like, whoa. Because you freed yourself after Troop Six One Six showed up the yeah. first time, and then I was like, "Whoa, that's kind of that's kind of my whole plan for the night, guys. I don't know what to do now. You guys just want to call it." And then Nathan sort of, I guess, to rescue me and sort of engage with Troop Six One Six. But I really feel very strongly that if you want to retcon that, you have a lot of ways you can go. You've got Julia to deal with. You have this professor to deal with, um, Doctor James. You have the sheriff now that you can open up you know, conversations with, you have a lot of different directions you can go. So I, I actually really like the, 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 the direction Nathan took of trying to alliance with the 616 girls to take care of the professor. I think, I think that's a good angle and I, I would like to explore that more. I think that's a good direction right, to take perfect. the story. So yeah. I, let me go back real quick. Just thinking about the, the situation that we were in because it, it did seem dire, but you know, we, we knew that the girl was murdered. We knew where her body was. And if we could get the police on our side through logic, through whatever, just to check, um, you know, that her body was there, uh, we have an instant murder case. It's not even a cold case at this point because it's a cold, it's a cold missing girl case or missing person's case. So the, Professor would have been a prime witness anyway. So, yeah, it was kind of crummy what we did, breaking into her house. But uh, we were under conviction that, you know, we we believe that she was um, the murderer. But I had it in the back of my pocket to get them to watch that video anyway. Uh, so it's just good that it worked out like it did. But I, I, I actually felt like we had a pretty good case going in, to be honest. Oh yeah, my uh, my fear though, as soon as we got arrested, was that we were just going to get railroaded by yes. the town and by the system. That, and, and when we weren't, I f- I felt like, hey, I think we got this. Yeah, got it. Well, let's talk about Troop Six One Six showing up at the jail. So I I role played them. Um, it was two of them. I did the classic shining thing of they both spoke at the same time and in, in unison. I had them display some some powers. I meant for them to come off as interesting and engaging and intriguing. And also I meant for them to come off as creepy and for it to creep you guys out. Did that work? No. Success. I, I mean, no. as a, for, for me in character. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was creepy. I mean, there's two girls speaking in unison who have obvious telekinetic powers. That's yeah. So I'm not saying it, I couldn't get there. Um, but just the two girls speaking in unison and having stuff float around. I mean, by this point, I think it would have to be one up a little bit. Uh, in my, what's the episode of the Twilight Zone? It's got the the kid who has the telekinetic powers that can make anything happen. 
I don't remember the name of it, but I know the episode. He would do something terrible, and his family would be like, whatever you say, say it's Johnny. Johnny, it was good that you did that. You know, that's like truly creepy. If we could go, if if they went in that direction where they could just make anything happen, and we, uh, for example, and I was given some sort of hook where I would be afraid of him, but right now all it is is they're girls, they talk in unison, and. Uh, you know, we fought, pol- we have, we've, we've, we've tackled poltergeists and stuff like that. I, I think maybe you missed the point where they were like opening and closing windows and floating out cards. Yeah, they can make stuff levitate. I mean, yeah. Ooh, yeah. you know. I mean, mo- most of that kid from the Twilight Zone's powers were in a straight telekinesis. He had a few <laughs> other things he could do. Well, but, I, I, uh, mean, that, I mean, that was an example, but that's like a truly creepy scenario where I don't feel that the girls are truly creepy. Gotcha. Are they intriguing? They're intriguing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, no, there. I mean, I'd like to know more. I want to know what more there is to it. Uh, but I am not. My character and I we're not weirded out by the girls as of yet because we've seen too much at this point. That's fair, Mike. Anything you'd add to that? Just that I would disagree, and I was absolutely creeped out by the girls. Little little girls who wield any kind of powers immediately like creep factor nine. Ten. I've got three yeah. girls now. They all wield powers. Yeah, there is something about that trope, kids. like the the Left for Dead trope, that the the, yeah. the scariest, you know, zombie in the game is, are are the the what what are they called? The little girls that, that are crying, uh, like the little sisters or whatever. Or uh, yes, yeah. that, that's Bioshock. A Bioshock, yeah. Oh yeah, that's Bioshock. Yeah, I can't remember what the ones from Left for Dead are, like the witches or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah Where yeah. the only sound you hear is is like a little girl crying, and that that's when you're like, oh no. Because you know what's coming up. You know what you're about to find. Yeah, bad stuff's about to go down. When when little girls possess immense power, watch out. Watch out, Brian. <laughs> All right, so I, I should say, before we get too far off the, the too, too far gone here, because we're about to close it up, that this is the first session where I abandoned the idea of running these one sheets. Totally abandoned it. Uh, I was going off last session, because last session you actually triggered some some pretty hefty consequences for yourselves. So I couldn't just march forward with another one sheet. It just didn't make any sense. So I think we've transitioned off of the episodic one sheets and we've transitioned into kind of a mini series arc format where there's now a session to session arc because even your next game, now your next game is going to be trying to, you know, hunt down whatever this monster is in Whiskey Creek that's causing all these issues. And you're probably not going to wait a whole semester to do that. So you're going to have like before it's been one game per semester. Now it's going to be like three games. You know, in in in, a, in less than a week, I'm all right with that. Um, I think as long as the the content we're exploring is meaningful and fun, then then you know we're we're okay to keep doing it. I would maybe caution against going longer in ETU than we absolutely have to, because I think we all kind of agree that it's not the greatest system, and it's we want to finish the it best. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right. So, what lessons? So all this discussion, great discussion. What lessons can we take away from this? Come prepared with a plan B, because I truly did. I mean, and I didn't. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a great lesson. You did, and I didn't. <laughs> so uh, I think logically and, and rationally. So don't just act. Uh, I mean, it's it's basic, but I really put myself in the situation uh, where in it's the eighties. We're in Texas, very conservative area. I love that. Put yourself. Obviously, put yourself in your character's yeah, shoes. Yeah. Like, take a minute, close your eyes, put yourself there. And so I, not only did I put myself in the character's shoes of, 
you know, the situation where, where we are. It's also, you know, my, my character is going to grow up to, if he survives, he's going to at some point be, hopefully, um, a political radio talk show host. And he's going to, uh, he's going to mean well, but he's probably going to say things that aren't true. And he's going to espouse beliefs that he doesn't really believe. Um, so just to basically get his way. To get popular and to sway people. Yeah. The fact that you have that future plan for your character or your character's goals, you constantly draw from that. Yeah. And it really enriches yeah. your role play. I, and I enjoy it. It really enriches your role play. That, that's that been great for you. I like those two lessons a lot. So they come up with a plan B. I read all the articles in the books and listened to all the advice where a GM should walk into a session with no fewer than three possible paths the adventure could go. Now, I usually don't do that. I usually, I've said it before, I come up with what the bad guys are doing, and then I let you do whatever within that framework. And usually that works great for me, and it gives you guys a ton of freedom. But when you wildly succeed in that framework, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've got to really think about what's next. Um, I, I ran out of content. So, And it's arrogance. Arrogance, hubris, whatever, is what brought me there. I, I know you guys so well, and I know your play style so well, that I was pretty confident that, you know, you weren't going to talk your way out of jail. I was pretty confident that I was going to put the Troop 616 plot hook in front of you, and I was pretty confident that you guys were going to grab it and run with it. So hubris and thinking that I knew you and knew how it would go is what got me to where I didn't have a plan B. So so have a plan B, and then put yourself in your character's shoes is always good advice. And I think if we hadn't had colossal, colossally failed like we did the last time, I probably wouldn't have come in with a plan B. I probably wouldn't have put as much thought into it, and I probably wouldn't have felt so much like I failed. So by raising the stakes last time, it made you come to the table with more this time? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great Mike, way to think you, about it. You keep saying, Mike, and it keeps being true, games need consequences. Yep. For us to play our best game and live our best life in this game, the game needs to have consequences so that we're motivated. I uh, I think another good uh, a good outcome of all this is from raising the stakes and the the consequences we've we've paid, you know we're we're now in an uncharted territory we didn't intend to take this game in we're we're off the one sheets you're creating a little world for us as we go along because we veered off this this standardized course and I think ultimately that's a good thing so I think you know the the greater lesson we're learning with this campaign is when your players have consequences and you and you make them pay those consequences that develops that enriches your game world awesome all right good episode this week guys and and hey great session a couple days ago i'm really looking forward to the whiskey creek adventures i'm i'm for the first time in a long time i'm really looking forward to our next etu session yeah me too agree all right thank you for listening People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you.